Welcome to The Truth Must Be Told. I hope that you have been enjoying this podcast. We have covered many subjects, and, you know, we're going to continue to do that. The response has been excellent, and I will continue to bring you quality podcasts from which you can learn and perhaps give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you have missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find a link for anchor.fm, which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. And while you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to grow around the world. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. We'll be taking our first look at the Roman Catholic Church today on The Truth Must Be Told. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and they kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Saturday podcast of The Truth Must Be Told. Oh, I'm excited. Do you realize this is episode number 76? Wow. Episode 76. That's when I graduated high school, 1976. Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. Episode 76. We're really, uh, really getting up there. Well, again, welcome to the Saturday edition of The Truth Must Be Told. And before we get started, I just want to say, um, I want to begin by wishing all the dads out there a happy Father's Day. Tomorrow's Father's Day. Hey, kids, remember your dad. No matter how old you, how old you are, give them a call or go see them on this special day if they're still around for you. Uh, if not, remember them. Uh, you can go on Facebook and give a memory of them. I, I did a special podcast the other day for my dad, and I was very glad I did that. I miss my dad an awful lot. I wish he was still here, so, and I expressed that on there. So, uh, again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We do not, uh, we're not going to take the place, uh, the uh, the line of some churches who say, ah, we're not going to celebrate Father's Day because there may be some dads out there, maybe some guys out there that are not dads. Uh, I heard the same thing about Mother's Day. We can't celebrate Mother's Day because there's some women out there that are not mothers. And they're going to feel secluded. Well, they can still celebrate Mother's Day. All right. Anyway. Now, um, on to, now I want to say this disclaimer before we start this podcast. And this is very, very important that you listen to what I'm telling you now. This program on Roman, Roman Catholicism is part one of many that we're going to be having about the uh, Roman Catholic Church. And this disclaimer say that I am not knocking down the Catholic Church or the faith of the Catholic faith. I'm not doing that. I was raised a Catholic. I left the church when I was saved in 1977. So I'm not bashing the church nor its members. What I am doing is looking, is looking at the beginning of the church and its doctrines so that you, the listener, can make your own choices and that's the way it always is on this podcast. I'm not telling you what to think. It is not my place to tell you, you need to think this way or you need to do that or you need to do this. I am going to be, I'm presenting the facts to you and you take it as you will. Whatever it is you want to do with it, that's your choice. But I am not, <clears throat> repeat, I am not putting down anybody. I'm not here to, um, to, uh, uh, you know, try to find all kinds of faults about the Catholic Church. It's not what I'm here for. I'm here just to present the facts as to what it is. <clears throat> okay? Excuse me. To begin, there's a lot of discussion about Roman Catholicism uh, in, the, in, the, in the realm of whether or not they are a cult. Now, this is a very sensitive subject, so those of you who are Roman Catholic out there that are listening to me, please do not go back and, what do you mean we're a cult, blah, blah, blah. All right. The problem is, is that the, the, that cults in general deny the deity of Christ. They deny the Trinity. They deny heaven or hell. And in fact, as I was typing this, I was reminded of a group called Isaac Air Freight. 
and they did they were Christian comedians and, and did a skit about the, uh, they did skits about the gospel, and they presented it in a funny way. And one of those skits was the religious the religion store. Uh, a guy walks in and wants to start his own religion, and the salesman asks him what he wants. The guy said he doesn't want any hell. And the salesman says, oh, we could do away from hell. Is there anything else you're uh, interested in? And he starts giving him some particulars. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's funny. And he says, okay, so he says, he says well, well, what about, he says, <laughs> he says, well, what about those people who don't make it into heaven? And the guy says, well, we sent them to, oh, wait a minute, we did away with that, didn't we? And the salesman says, yes, we did. And they go on to discuss other things. But it's a very funny skit. I put the link of it in the description uh, at the top of this. You can watch it on, listen to it on YouTube. It's an audio only, so you can, uh, but you can enjoy that. I would love to share it with you here, but copyright laws <clears throat> do not allow me to do that. So, <clears throat> so, uh, and cults, they tend to do away with all of that that I represented. They want to deny the Trinity, they don't want to deny the deity of Christ. They want to deny either either the existence of heaven or hell, and uh, and that's and Catholic doctrine recognizes all of this. So in a way, the evangelicals are are, but some evangelicals still consider the Roman Catholic Church as a cult, and I don't know. Well, I know why because of the the different dogmas. And we're going to talk about that. There are many doctrines, or should I say dogmas, that are prevalent in the church. Now let me explain quickly here that doctrines are God-made and dogmas are man-made. That's basically the easiest way that you can define it, okay, without going into deep theological debate over it. So what are the dogmas of the Catholic Church? Well, believe it or not, I looked up this thing on traditionalcatholicpriest.com, and I put the link up there for you as well, that there are 255 infallibly declared dogmas of the Catholic Church according to traditional traditionalcatholicpriest.com, and no, I am not going to cover all of them for two reasons. One, some of them are, are, they are in line with scriptural doctrine. They believe in a trinity, they believe there is a heaven, they believe there is a hell, they believe there's a devil— they believe that the that the uh, scriptures are inspired. They believe Jesus is the Son of God. They have a lot of things that they believe in, which are scripturally that line up with scriptural doctrine. Okay, so those things I don't want to you know go over, but there are a few things that I do want to cover here. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to cover these dogmas for now. Probably in the next episode we will either continue with the dogmas because there's quite a few here, and. And or we will go on to the history of the Catholic Church and its beginnings and try to interweave the dogmas in between. I haven't decided where we're going to take that yet, but I really, I've been promising this podcast for a long time, so I want to get this out there. Since it's really not anything any newsworthy uh, to cover today, I'll cover news from the weekend on Tuesday, so just bear with me. All right, so in this list, if you were to pull it up, you can get a, a PDF of this. Number 79, uh, dogma number 79, 102, 103, 106, 107, and 108 basically have to do with Mary. All right, so 79 says the Holy Virgin is the mother of God. She is truly before, she is, she, uh, she truly bore the God logos became flesh. So that is, partially true. She did bore, she did bear Jesus in the womb, and he is the Logos, which is the Word, had become flesh. And that we see in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that word that the um, the uh, Greek word uh, Logos means the Word. Okay, so the Logos, the Word became flesh. Now we know that. Now they say she is truly the mother of God, that she was conceived without stain or original sin. That's number 103. Last one was 102. 106 says, also after the birth of Jesus, Mary remained a virgin. 
Mary was a virgin before, during, and after the birth of Christ, and Mary was assumed Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. So they say she didn't die. She was raised and, you know, made an assumption into heaven. And that is an assumption. All right. So (laughs) let's take a little look at the the background of Mary. Now, you know, growing up in the Catholic Church and being Italian, I always thought that she was a little Italian lady. Ah, It's true. I did. What did I know? I'm a young kid. I'm listening to all the stuff about her and you know, I'm raised in a in a Catholic home, and they got pictures of Mary and statues of Mary, and uh, the um, what is it the the statue with her holding Jesus, that famous one that uh, was it Da Vinci that carved, and <clears throat> I forget what it is. What is it? Help me out, people. Send me a send me a note as to what it is because I can't. Remember. I'll remember. I'll think of it as we go along. Um, there's all kinds of things that they you know, and I I thought she was an Italian lady. What did I know? It wasn't until after I got saved that I realized, hey, wait a minute, she's Jewish. She was raised in a Jewish home. And, and Joseph was Jewish, and Jesus was Jewish. Of course, we already knew the, I already knew Jesus was Jewish, but for somehow, I was never taught that Mary was Jew. You know, I just kind of thought she was, you know, a Catholic lady, you know, with all kinds of things going on, because that's the way I was raised. <clears throat> so my Catholicism, excuse me, You know, taking those classes when I was in uh, Catholic school uh, really didn't help much, and it didn't help much either. I really wasn't paying much attention because I was very, uh, I was abused in Catholic school. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it there. If you want to know details, write me at thetruthmustbetold.org. I'll be glad to go over it with you and tell you how. It wasn't physical abuse. It was emotional abuse. And that's another story in and of itself. I don't want to go in that. And I am not going through this as some kind of a, you know, vendetta against them because I was abused. I forgive them. That's not, you know, I forgive the people who did it because they were people. It wasn't the church. It was the people there. So I'm not holding, I'm not holding anybody responsible for that. God knows what happened and God will hold them responsible. But anyway, Mary, Mary, she was born into a poor family from Nazareth. Okay. She became engaged to Joseph, who was a carpenter. Now, he didn't have much to offer her lucrative-wise. I mean, he didn't have a lot of money, but he had a steady income being a carpenter. And, and uh, so he, you know, he, he, he was engaged to her probably before they were even, uh, before they even knew each other. They were probably, they were probably prede- predetermined to be married as it was. And that's why engagement, you know, they were, he didn't say, please marry me. He probably was, it was probably a uh, prearranged marriage, more than likely. I, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, or maybe it doesn't, I missed it. But it doesn't say that, um, you know, Joseph went up, hit one knee and all that stuff. So, uh, with that out of the way. Now, God has chosen her to give birth to the Messiah. So he sent an angel who appeared to her and told her that she has found favor with God and that she would conceive and give birth as a virgin to the Son of God himself. Now, she didn't object to this, but she submitted to the will of God. Now, when Joseph found out she was pregnant, he wanted to divorce her privately. If he announced that she was pregnant and, you know, he wasn't the father, she would be accused of adultery, probably stoned to death. Uh, but he, so he decided, yeah, I'll just divorce her privately, and we'll quietly end this thing, and we're not gonna, because he was a right man. He was a just, he was a just man, the Bible says. And um, the an angel appeared to him in a dream, I believe it was, and told him, no, go ahead and marry her. It's okay, because she's carrying the Messiah. So while Mary was pregnant, she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was herself pregnant, even though she was very old. And that's a very interesting story. I actually love that story when you read it because, and I believe it's in Luke, it says it says that, um, you know, she was old and without child and she wanted to have a child. And, um, and her husband, uh, what was her husband's name? Okay, let me look that up because I'm going to forget it and I'm, I don't want to lead you astray and tell you the wrong thing. Uh, oh, uh, Zacharias. Okay. Zacharias was the father. 
And he was righteous. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they have no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years, which means they were very old. <coughs> Excuse me. And they were told by an angel that they're going to give, you know, told by God they were going to give birth. And um, Zacharias didn't believe it. And an angel told him, your mouth is going to be, you're going to be dumb until the birth of this child. Because he was in the, he was, uh, it was his term. I believe he was one of the high priests. It was his term to go in and offer sacrifices uh, on the altar. And while he was in there, the angel appeared to him and told him this. And he, you know, he said, he, he said, I can't, he said, I, I don't believe it. I, it's not going to happen. And the angel said, well, because you've doubted me, I'm a messenger from God. And because you doubted me, and he, uh, and he told him, okay, you're going to be dumb. That means you're not going to be able to speak for the whole time that your wife is pregnant. Um, and, and you will, uh, <laughs> you know, until she gives birth. And so, yeah, let me read this there. Now, it happened while he was performing his priestly service before God of the appointed order of the division, according to the custom of the, of the uh, priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing in the right side of the altar of incense, uh, Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name of John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as, as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the uh, others back to the children, uh, the fathers back to the children, and, dis, and uh, uh, disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make, ready to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this is for certain? For I am old, I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. And, you know, then, yes, he was, he was dumb. He couldn't speak until the time of his, his child's birth. And when uh, John was born, they said, "What shall we name him?" And the mother says, "John." And they said, "Oh, well, John, you have nobody. You have no relatives by that name. You sure about that?" And they they motioned to to Zacharias, you know, what are you going to name? And he wrote down his name as John, and his mouth was opened, and he actually spent time praising God for the things. So you see, um, if you don't believe what God tells you, He will shut you up. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> so anyway. Um, uh, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and when she showed up, uh, the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumped. Okay, and Elizabeth cried out that Mary was the blessed was blessed among women, and uh, so yeah, and that's where the whole, you know, blessed are you and blesses the fruit of thy womb, uh, and they, they you know they they take all that in, and the Catholic Church uses all that, and they they announce all of that to say that she was. Uh, she was a holy lady. But um, after Jesus was born, many things happened that made her ponder in her heart. I mean, you'll see that a lot. Mary saw this happen, and it put, she pondered it in her heart. He was teaching. Jesus is 10 years old, 12 years old, and he's, he's, in the, he's, in the, uh, he's at the temple teaching, outside the temple teaching the elders at this young age. And she pondered these things in her heart. And things like that. One of the one of the other stories I really like. There's this guy in the temple when when they came to dedicate Jesus, uh, they do the um, the, um, the circumcision and all that after eight days, and they went to uh, the temple to have this done. 
Simon, this guy Simon, Simeon, excuse me, Simeon, who was hanging around the temple, um, he picked up he picked up Jesus and he said, you know, now let your servant depart in peace, for I my eyes have seen your salvation. And that, you know, so here is, you know, and Mary again, you know, let's, you know, it's it's things like that. All right. So she was just a regular girl who I was probably a teenager at the time. Because uh, they married very young in those days. If you were, you know, you, you got married as soon as you were, men usually got married, were became a man after their bar mitzvah. Uh, so it was usually around 12, 13 years old, and they could start looking at having a wife and things like that. So anyway, so she was born to this poor family, and she's just a regular girl. She's nothing, nothing special about her. Um, now let's discuss original sin, because they say that... Um, Mary was conceived without the stain of original sin. That's number one of three in that list. And let's let's talk about that briefly for a second, all right? Now, how could Mary have been born without original sin? They say she was holy, she was immaculately conceived as well. All right. How could that be? All right. Original sin. Um uh, Original sin is a sin that is passed to us from the fall of Adam. Now, understand this, that the seed of man bears the sin that is implanted in the woman. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thereby, all persons born are born with, a little, with original sin. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and therefore was not born without original sin. Hence, he was out without spot or blemish which was a necessary requirement for a sacrifice. Mary was not conceived out of original sin. She was not, she didn't, she had nothing about her that was like that. She was a poor girl that found favor with God, and there is not anything written in Scripture about her miraculous birth. Now, getting back really quick to the necessity of the necessary requirement of a sacrifice. Remember, I told you in the Old Testament, the new is concealed. In the New Testament, the old is revealed, right? So in the Old Testament, the sacrifice of Jesus was concealed in there by having the people get a lamb without spot or blemish, and that was to be used as the sacrifice. So, <clears throat> um, Jesus being the Lamb of God, which his cousin John the Baptist shouted out about him, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He had to be without spot or blemish. So he had to be born without original sin. If he was born by man, then he his sacrifice would not have been accepted. So that is the... So where, where the first Adam brought sin into the world, the last Adam, Jesus, took that sin away. And that's Scripture. Scripture talks about that, the first Adam and the last Adam. So Jesus would be considered the last Adam, who now takes our sins away and allows us to become in the presence of God when we pass from this life into eternal life, okay? All right, so uh, I hope that clears some of that up. Now, when we get back, I'm going to take a quick break here, and when we get back, uh, we will discuss the other... um, what am, I, what am I looking at here? I'm going back and forth in my notes. Please bear with me. Okay. Well, when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about her, about Mary remaining a virgin after Jesus was born, because that's another big substantial thing that they, they teach. It's one of the dogmas of the Catholic Church, and we're going to address it when we come back from the break. So just stand by, and I'll be right back with you. Okay. Thank you for your patience. I had to take a long pull of that iced tea. <laughs> it is really, really bad, and I get my my throat really gets irritated from talking so much. You would think I'd be used to it by now, but it's very warm and humid in here. Okay, so 
did Mary remain a virgin after Jesus was born? This is what they say. Now, let me uh, read that to you again. They say, all right, so we already talked about her being conceived without the stain of original sin. We, we, we said that can't be because the Scripture doesn't indicate that. Now, they also say that after the birth of Jesus, Mary remained a virgin. Mary was a virgin before, during, and after the birth of Jesus. And then, of course, we're going to have to cons- later we'll talk about her being uh, assumed body and soul into heaven. But let's take a look at these two parts of their dogma, that the bir- after the birth of Jesus, Mary remained a virgin. She was a virgin before, during, and after the birth of Jesus Christ, number 106 and 107, if you're following along with that, uh, the true Catholic priest uh, org or whatever it is. I gave it to you. It's up there. I forgot what it is. All right. So basically, did Mary remain a virgin after Jesus was born? No, she did not. The Bible is very clear. All right. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, all right, says that Jesus was her firstborn. Now, they wouldn't have used, the writers of the day would not have used that analogy, being the firstborn, unless she had other children. They would have said, given birth to her only child. Luke 2, verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So here's part of the Christmas story that we all tend to miss. Her firstborn son. Okay. So... Jesus had at least six siblings that we could see. They were James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, not Iscariot, as well as at least two sisters. And these, are, the, these scriptures will be found in Matthew 13, verses 54 through 56, and Mark 6 through to 6, 3, which basically says the same thing. And let me read it to you here. When Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. He came to his homeland, hometown, and began teaching them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is, it, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Ah, uh, well, that seems to be pretty clear that he had other um, siblings. Now, uh, let me see here. All right, in order to support the idea that Mary had remained a virgin all her life, some have applied different meanings to the term brothers. For example, some feel that Jesus' brothers were actually sons of Joseph by an earlier marriage. However, the Bible shows that Jesus inherited the legal right to the kingship promised in 2 Samuel and Luke 1 through 1, uh, 32. All right. Um, could the expression of Jesus' disciples or spiritual brothers, is that what he meant? This idea conflicts with the Scripture, since the Bible says that at one point his brothers were, in fact, not exercising faith in him, John 7, 5. The Bible distinguishes Jesus' brothers from his disciples in John 12, 2, 12. There was another theory, that, uh, according to um, that Jesus' brothers were actually his cousins, yet the Greek Scriptures use the distinct words for brother, relative, and cousin. So uh, many Bible scholars acknowledge that Jesus' brothers and sisters were his actual siblings. For example, the Expositor's Bible commentary states the most natural way to understand the term brothers is that the term refers to sons of Mary and Joseph and thus to brothers of Jesus on his mother's side. Okay? Now, um, so they're... You know, their their thing here with them lifting her up as the son of the mother of God was was is is not correct. In fact, let me let me go into a little history here. 
And uh, putting her in a position of reverence like that is called venerating. So they venerated Mary in the Council of Ephesus in 431 A.D. So this wasn't even part of the original teaching when the Catholic Church was established. There's such a thing called Mariology, and Mariology is the systematic study of the person of Mary, mother of Jesus, and of her place in the economy of salvation within Catholic theology. Mary is seen as having a singular dignity above the saints. All right, now she's supposed to be given this high position. So according to the Catholics, if I'm not mistaken, the hierarchy goes something like this. It goes God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Mary, saints, and so on and so forth. And they're encouraged to pray to Mary. Okay, they're, they, these things, are they're, they're encouraged to pray to them when, or, or to the saints when they have specific needs, which is not in the Bible. Now, wouldn't God, who inspired the writers of the Scriptures to instruct people to pray to Mary or to the saints, but just the opposite is true. In 1 Timothy 2.5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator, also between, uh, also between God and man, that is the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.4. You know, so often when they pray, even, even the, when they pray the Hail Mary, okay, you know, it's Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. So they're putting Mary in a place of an intermediary. Okay, they're putting her in a place of mediation that she's going to pray to God or pray to Jesus. And, um, and people put Mary in a very highly exalted place. But according to the scriptures and many other places, it's not just in First Timothy. But there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and men, excuse me, that is the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the one who intercedes for us in heaven. He's the one because he bore our sins on the cross. He bore our sins to, to, for us to be able to go into heaven with God. If it wasn't for him, that wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't happen. All right. So Jesus is who we're supposed to turn to, and not Mary, and not the saints. Mary herself, in in her magnificat, magnificat, which is where she she uh, after when she met with Elizabeth, she started almost like a prophecy, and she came out, and she says, "My soul exalt." I love the way the King James says it. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the humble state of his bond slave. She called herself God's bond slave. So she had a very humble, very humble attitude of herself. She wasn't, she wasn't, she didn't even look at herself as being, even though she said, you know, generations will call me blessed. Not only blessed because she had the opportunity and God favored her, but she's no more in a position of authority in the Godhead or in the heavenly realms or in Scripture than, than, than anybody else. She was a vessel used by God for his purpose. Not any more than, the, than, than Balaam's ass who spoke. Now I saw Sal, oh my gosh, you're comparing Mary to an ass? Not really. I'm not doing that. Probably that might have been a poor, poor example, but she was no more important than David or no more important than, than, than you know, any of the other prophets or, or, or judges that were in the, in the Bible. She was a handmaiden used by God for his purpose. She was a vessel. Okay, she was a bond slave, and she called herself that. All right, God can use anything. He can use anybody. He can even use you. You know, so don't think that just because she gave birth to the Son of God. Yeah, she's special and she should be respected for being Jesus' mother. 
but not worshipped and not prayed to. We should not pray to Mary and should not pray to saints. That's in the Scripture. I'm only telling you what the Bible says. All right? Now, there's very little to cover pertaining to the assumption of Mary, and the Scripture gives no indication that this occurred. It may have, it may not. I don't know. There's, I tend to think it did not. Uh, I only pointed out to show that the Catholic Church made it a dogma. They, they were trying to venerate Mary so much, and there was a, a Marian cult, basically, that really worshipped Mary, got onto this idea, which, believe me, it's the enemy's choice to, to, to get them to earn their, you know, people to earn their salvation and pray, for, pray to somebody else other than Jesus. And, but I just want to point that out, that it's just, it was added into the dogma. She ascended into heaven without dying. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think it happened. Because the Bible says, it is appointed for every man once to die. Thank you, Lord. I just was, I couldn't think of that scripture earlier. When I was it's appointed for men once to die, and after that, the judgment. So there's only a couple of exceptions in the scripture were people who did not die, and those in the Old Testament, that God took them, okay? But, and then that goes into another whole other thing, but it's not a contradiction to what the Scripture says about not dying, because I believe that the two in the, in the Old Testament that didn't die are going to be the two witnesses that show up in the book of Revelation, and they will die then, okay? They will be killed then, so uh, and their bodies will lay in the street for three days. But again, that's another another. Theological debate, we'll get into it another time. All right. Now, again, Mary was just a poor girl favored by God. She was a chosen vessel for his glory. Yes. Yeah. I know people are, are still cringing at me for the, for the donkey remark. But trust me, okay, it's not. I didn't mean that to, 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 to pull Mary down at all. You know, God bless this lady. She did a, she did a phenomenal job. It's a typical Jewish mother. She's probably very proud of her son, which is why the wedding of Cana, she walked up to Jesus and said, they have no more wine. And he says, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. It wasn't, in other words, he was saying to her, my, my time for performing miracles has not yet arrived. And, you know, I could see her turning around with her tongue in her cheek and t- pointing to the servant and say, whatever he says, just do it. And, uh, you know, uh, and you know, and, and of course, then he's like, we see a savior obedient to his mother and changes the water into wine. I think that's great. Okay. But you know, this poor girl that was favored by God, do you know she was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost? Oh yeah. You read that in the book of Acts and Mary, the mother, mother of Jesus was there, you know, and the Holy Spirit fell and they all spoke in tongues. So Mary was a Pentecostal. Isn't that cool? That is awful, awesome, cool. I think that's great. So think about that. Think about how that, <laughs> think about that. That's really awesome. All right, so I want to read the following to you from uh, gotquestions.org. It, it, it is a great website, by the way. I, I, I haven't found, I don't agree with everything that they say theologically, and that's, again, what I talked about months back and about Romans 14, where, you know, everybody's going to have different opinions and stuff and that's okay. All right. So, but they have some really great stuff in there. And if you're ever looking for a question, it's a good place to start. Gotquestions.org. Great place. Anyway, so here's what they say. In response to the accusation that Catholic, that they worship Mary and the saints, Catholics will often claim that they venerate, not worship them. To venerate is to regard with great respect or to revere. Veneration can be defined as respect or awe directed towards someone due to his or her value or greatness. The simple definition of worship is to ascribe worth. Worship can be completely defined as showing respect, love, reverence, or adoration. Based on the dictionary, no clear difference between veneration and worship exists. In fact, veneration and worship are are often used as synonyms for each other. 
But the dictionary definitions are not the point. It does not matter what it is called. The Bible nowhere instructs followers of Jesus Christ to offer worship, veneration, adoration, or anything similar to anyone but God. Nowhere in does the New Testament describe any followers of Jesus Christ worshiping, venerating, or adoring anyone other than God. They did not receive worship either. Peter refused adoration from Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, 25 through 26. And Paul and Barnabas were equally adamant that the people of Listeria not venerate them, Acts 14, 14, 15. Twice in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, 10 and 22, 8, the apostle John begins to worship an angel and the angel instructs him, worship God. Mary and the saints who have gone to heaven before us would say the same thing, worship God. The Catholic Church has different degrees of worship, dulia, hyperdulia, and latria. Dulia is the honor given to the saints. Hyperdulia is the honor given to Mary alone and the greatest of the saints. Latria is the honor given to God alone. In contrast, the Bible always describes honor in the context of worship to God alone. Scripture references would be First Chronicles twenty nine eleven, First Timothy verses one, one seventeen, chapter six and sixteen, Revelation four eleven and five thirteen. Even if there were biblical support for different levels of worship, there still would be no biblical support for offering lower or lesser levels of worship to anyone other than God. Only God is worthy of worship, adoration, and praise. Nehemiah 9.6, Revelation 4.11, and 15.4. And veneration. No matter how it is defined, Mary's worth comes from the fact that God chose her for a glorious role and saved her from her sins through the death of Jesus Christ. The saints' worth come from the fact that God saved them, transformed them, and used them in mighty and amazing ways. May we all, with Mary and the saints, fall on our knees and worship the only one who is worthy. And I, to that I say amen and amen. Wow, that's a lot, huh? That's all on, that's just about Mary, and we still got a lot of other things to cover here. Now we'll be talking about, um, talking about God's will, about the, <laughs> about being justified not not just by faith you have to have works according to what they teach <laughs> so we're going to we're going to get into that at another time because it's just getting late we don't want to I don't want to start another study on that and have to have to regroup after it all but but what do you think of this what do you think of this i mean these are things that i learned later on i, I you know i mean yeah we prayed to mary Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. Wow. We're asking Mary, and I wonder if she's in heaven saying, oh, please stop, please stop, please stop. She knew her, her position. She knew that she was just a bondservant of God. She knew that she had no special place. Yeah. You know, she wasn't she she was chosen to bring forth the messiah she was not chosen to be a intermediary for us so i'd like to hear your opinion, opinion on that write to me at the truth must be told.org you know throw in your two cents worth we'd be glad to have you on here and i'll share it if you like give me permission to share it i'll share it and look up that isaac Irafrey thing i think you get a kick out of it look at some of their stuff it's really it's really funny um, but I'll, I'll put the links for that all in the top section here. Now, you know, Mary, you know, I, I feel sorry for her. And I feel, feel sorry for her and I feel sorry for the thief on the cross. You know, that poor guy gets it from all kinds of angles about one thing or another, you know, cause he didn't have time to, to, um, he didn't have time to get baptized. He didn't have time to speak in tongues. He didn't have time to do all of that. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
So I kind of wonder with that poor guy. I mean, people talk about him a lot, that poor guy. But, you know, when I was growing up in the Catholic Church, I really tried. I did everything that I could, you know, that I, to follow the teachings. I went to confession, and we're going to be talking about that because they even say the church has the right to forgive sins. Wow. Uh, there's, you know, I mean, talk about going out. Um, yeah, just go and talk about so much here. I got so much here. We're going to have to go. We definitely have to go this and do another show. Um, and they say it's permissible and profitable to venerate images of the saints. So they're telling you it's, it's permissible. You can go ahead and pray. Uh, the living faithful can come to the assistance of the souls in purgatory by their intercessions. There's no purgatory, folks. We're going to get into all this, okay? Christ becomes present at the sacrament of the altar and by the transversion of the whole substance of the bread into his body and the whole substance of the wine into his blood. So if you're a Catholic, I don't know if you understand this, but during the, the whole theme of the Catholic Mass is to lead up to the transubstantiation, which is the changing of the bread and the wine into the actual, literal body and blood of Christ. Okay, in that Eucharist, that they believe that that is the actual body and blood of Christ. So when they hand you the 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 wafer and they say the body of Christ, they actually mean that wafer now has somehow become the actual flesh of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about that. How Christ said He sacrificed Himself once and for all. The Scripture tells us. He didn't have to sacrifice himself over and over and over again. Scripture it talks about that. We're going to get into that. Yeah, and you know the church has received from Christ the power of remitting sins committed after baptism. So, you know, what sins does a baby have, by the way? Because in the Catholic Church, you get baptized as an infant. All right, and you're forgiven of your sin. What sins have you committed, other than original sin which you were born with? Okay, and the church's absolution sins are truly and immediately remitted. So and if a priest, you know, you go in and you confess to the priest and he tells you, say, three all Hail Marys and three Our Fathers, and he sings the sign of the cross over you, your your sins are, are abolished and truly and immediately remitted. All right, and um, the church's power to forgive sins extends to all sin without exception. These are... What's in the Catholic dogma? We're going to get into these, okay, but not today. Not today. We're not going to do that, but, you know, we will. We will get into these things. Uh, all right. So uh, I'll take the next few minutes just to uh, chat with you. We will have another episode of this. I don't know if it's going to be next Saturday or when, but just, you know, stay tuned. Watch the podcast list, and it will tell you uh, exactly when our next uh, part two will be. Because I do want to get through all these dogmas, and then I really want to get through, like, or get through the history of the church, or like I said, I'll, as I said, I will try to put the history of the church mixed in with um, with these dogmas, because they kind of go side to side, hand in hand with each other, and builds upon it. So, but definitely, you can go to that uh, that website, um, which is traditionalcatholicpriest.com, and you can upload the in a PDF, the statement of the, excuse me, the uh, declaration of their dogmas. What was it called? The 255 infallibly declared dogmas of the Catholic faith. It's about 12 pages long because uh, right after they get to the, 100, the 255, the fifth one, then they kind of reiterate it into another group called... The 102 Certain Truths Not Yet Defined by the Magisterium. Now, I don't know what that is. I will look it up and let you know next time we'll get together. So, But when I read through them quickly, they just were basically saying the same things that the dogma says. All right. So, um, yeah, so if, you, if, you, uh, if, you're, if you're a Catholic and you're listening to this, and I hope that I... By what I've said here, I'm not 
making you feel like I'm bashing the Catholic Church. I don't want to. I am just digging in and, as I say, drilling down into their dogma to see where it stands against Scripture. Remember, this, this podcast is set up to look at everything from a biblical perspective. You know, I, I, I talk about the news. I even talk about UFOs and Bigfoot from a biblical perspective. So, <clears throat> you know, these things are out there, and we're going to discuss them. But I've been feeling really led to get into this because I want this to move into a, a study of not only Roman Catholicism but of the Word Faith Movement, the, you know, so into that name it and claim it crowd. We're going to get into that and uh, as we go along. So, but we're doing well. As I said at the beginning of this, this is episode number 76. And we're moving, you know, we're, we're just, we just keep chugging along here. And again, I apologize that I could not get uh, shows out. I have been, you know, I haven't been feeling well and adjustments in medication and whatnot, and it's just going to be, you know, it's just been a very, very, very difficult time. And for, for that, I apologize. But we're getting there. And I don't want you guys to lose faith in me or lose faith in, in God, um, because God is the one that's in control of everything. And he has his reasons. Okay, because somebody needed to hear those, those, <laughs> those rebroadcasts, the best of the truth must be told. And uh, Oh, don't forget, <laughs> so very quickly, I just want to go over. Now, if you go to anchor.fm and you find me under there, it's Sal-Passos. I think it's scrolling along the bottom there. Uh, yeah, it's scrolling along on the little trees. It's anchor.fm slash Sal-Passos. Um, or if you're watching on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, or go to thetruthmustbetold.org in any case. Once you link to Anchor, Anchor actually rebroadcasts this pod, this 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 program out over several different platforms. It's on Spotify. It's on... Uh, I even got it going to uh, iHeartRadio, which is really exciting. You can listen to me on iHeartRadio. Just look up my name. I'm on there. Or look up The Truth Must Be Told. You'll see my handsome mug. And go ahead and, and look me up, and uh, you can listen to us from there. So, And then you can catch past episodes as well. Uh, if you go to the Instagram page, <clears throat> it's Sal Passos. <clears throat> you can, excuse me. Excuse me, I apologize for that. You can go there, and you can look up past episodes, and you can see the video and see how things have changed since we've started this podcast. Uh, also, if you have any ideas for a podcast, I'd like your, your input. You can, you can instant message me here on Facebook, or you can write to me through the, through the website. And I really would appreciate it if you guys would consider uh, giving a donation. It's getting a little tough right now with everything the way it is. I've got to pay a monthly fee to the website. Oh, one other thing. I'm on a, uh, there is an internet radio program, a radio channel, I guess it is, I guess, I don't know what they call them, but it's called impactradiousa.com. That's impactradiousa.com. And what I do is I, if, if I produce a show, which this one will probably be on there for next week, because he needs an hour long program. Sometimes I'll splice two 30 minute programs together and other times, I'm like today, which is running for almost the hour, I'll put it on there. And that goes out. And uh, uh, Brother Paul there, who runs that that uh, that uh, station, he's such a dear brother. And uh, Paul, if you're listening, I love you, man. Really do appreciate everything you're doing. And he's getting this podcast out, so it's hitting a lot of different areas. It's going out worldwide. Anybody listening to that um, to that Internet program? Impact Radio USA, and they got some really good programming on there, so I would suggest you check it out. Uh, when Paul puts me up on Facebook, uh, I will share that over so you can see it, but it's impactradiousa.com, and uh, Paul interviewed me back in February, I think it was, when I first really was starting to push the podcast out, and uh, since then, he's offered me a time slot, so from it's 7 o'clock Eastern, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear a rebroadcast of, of the podcast, just one of them, whatever it is, for the week. There's no way I could do this seven times during the week. If I can, I would, but I can't because it's just too much work. 
So uh, I want you to just, you know, you could tune in there too and listen and just get some, you know, they have some, they have some great programming on there. There's, uh, you know, they have, they have, uh, they have different things go on. Go check them out. Check them out. ImpactRadioUSA.com. Love those guys. They're just great. And there's a lot of good programming there for you to listen to. And they usually repeat them every 12 hours. So, you know, 7 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern is my time slot. You're welcome to go there and listen to The Truth Must Be Told there. And usually it's a, a little more edited version. Sometimes I try to work on taking out the coughs and the hacks and the breathing and all that other stuff. So, But it's a little cleaner. But it, you know, not necessarily all the time, but that's the way it is. All right. And, uh, but we're, we're getting there. We're, uh, we're really moving out. I've got the new camera now. Uh, I've been able to, I'm really excited about the, the, the program. This little, this dynamite little box from Zoom. I love this thing. I wish I can get this on camera to show you this thing. It's amazing. This little, this little powerhouse of a, I can't get it over here because the wire is, I can't get it up there enough to show you. But this little Zoom powerhouse, this thing is wonderful. And I am so happy with this. And I was I was trying to get this $600 unit, if you remember me talking about it. But I don't have to. Now, I've got this little unit, this little $200 unit, which has everything I need. And it's small. It's compact. It's really great. And it does the job. I'm loving the sound quality. Now, true, on the $600 unit, I could make more adjustments in the quality of the microphone. And it has a lot more features that I can, that I can use. But this, this, for right now, this is perfect. And I could, I could play audio on here. I could play, I can record things onto it. I could record a whole program on here. And just on a, on a SD card. And it's really, really great. The camera... The camera is also a camcorder, so I can use it for other uh, things as well. Uh, it's not exactly what I thought would happen. I thought it would have a little more control over the brightness and stuff on it, but I, I had to play around with the lights in here. To uh, and As you can see, it's auto-adjusting for the light. As I did that, it did its thing. Um, but it's a great little camera. I was able to get it uh, last week, and I love this thing. It is a finally getting it all organized and learning how to use it right and, you know, getting the computer to recognize it and stuff like that. Because I also do live broadcasts on HAPS. And when I go to HAPS, that, that broadcasts out to um, Twitter and Twitch and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and I don't know, a bunch of places. So I'm getting out there as well. But I had some problems last week because it wouldn't recognize it. I tried a little while ago and Haps recognized the camera. I said, good. Now watch when I go back to go live tonight. It probably won't recognize it, but that's okay. But, yeah, so we're getting there, and I really appreciate you guys. If you're watching this on, on Facebook, like and share it, please. It's important that these truths get out there. No matter how much they may hurt, I want to tell the truth. Okay? I need to tell you the truth of things. It, it, to, just to, to, to candy coat things and to make them feel like, you know, oh, wow, you know, this is, you know, uh, we don't want to make anybody feel bad. I don't want to make anybody feel bad, but I want to tell you the truth no matter how much it hurts. And the, the only way I could do that is by presenting the truth to you. As Adrian Rogers said, I'd rather be hated for telling the truth than loved for telling a lie. I don't want to be loved for telling you people something you just want to hear. I don't want to be hated for telling the truth either, but don't shoot the messenger. I'm just coming to you as, you know, what is from God's word. And, uh, you know, maybe next week we'll cover a couple of different things as I prepare for uh, part two of the Roman Catholic, Roman Catholicism. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to get there. There's a lot of material to cover. And there's so many things to go over. And I appreciate your prayers and your support. So if you have any, again, do you have any questions, prayer, prayer requests or anything, go to the truthmustbetold.org. That's the truthmustbetold.org. And uh, you have a way to contact me through that or through Facebook, private message me, and I'll be glad to um, glad to talk with you. And again, if you want to come on the program, I can arrange that as well. All right, well, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. God bless you. Have yourself a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time on The Truth Must Be Told. 